Hey, this is Women's Soccer Spotlight, a podcast featuring the stories of women playing, coaching, and working in soccer. I'm your host, Sam Weber, and the goal of this show is to contribute to the ongoing dialogue about gender bias by highlighting inspirational stories of those who have forged careers in women's soccer and exposing unbelievable moments of discrimination. This week's episode features former Director of Community Partnerships at America Scores, Shannon Burns, and Girls Leading Girls founder, Bree Russell. Uh, Shannon Burns and Brie Russell from Girls Leading Girls and FS Soul. And we, the three of us met back a year ago after I first moved to San Francisco. And uh, I'd written an article on Medium about playing soccer in the mission um, and kind of how that helped me bridge the gentrification gap in my neighborhood. And the article kind of went viral uh, and Shannon saw it while she was working uh, for America's Scores and saw it, reached out, and got introduced to America Scores, um, and she invited me to come play for a tournament uh, in San Francisco where I met Brie and both Shannon. And now we've <laughs> since become friends, right? Yeah. Exactly. So Brie, you started Girls Leading Girls in FS Soul. Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, you played college soccer, went into the Peace Corps, and how that kind of helped prepare you for what you're doing now. Sure. Uh, one, I want to say Sam is an amazing soccer player. <laughs> I remember from that tournament that we played in that you just did this awesome bicycle kick <laughs> at the very end of the game. Um, we still didn't win that game. We didn't though. win, but we got third place, <laughs> yep, which pretty was good, pretty, good. pretty good for not practicing and being out of shape. Yep. So <laughs> We're all old now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I uh, I was in the Peace Corps in 2008 in Vanuatu. Mm-hmm. If you don't know where it is, because no one's I ever don't. heard of it, it is next to Fiji uh-huh. in the South Pacific, and a very small cluster of islands, probably about 200,000 people total in population. Mm-hmm. So I was on a, a deserted island awesome. <laughs> with maybe 1,500 people, and I thought that, you know, I walked on the set of Lost at that time, and I, and I was actually excited about that yes. until I realized um, that, you know, there's a lot of gender issues uh-huh within the country like women were treated very second class they mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of rights they couldn't have their own house they had to be married mm-hmm. uh, or they were living under their father's house um women were not playing soccer yeah when i was there uh they have a national team but only in the capital city so when i showed up coming with my you know bag of balls and ready to play <laughs> yes. uh, my cleats the the men laughed at me uh-huh. and um, and then I played against them and then they stopped laughing <laughs> uh, and then I started a women's team and uh, worked a little bit with FIFA when I was there um, took the women to a tournament and in the process of trying to get a group of ten women to go to another island within the country uh-huh. to play in this tournament to win prize money yeah. There were so many obstacles, yeah. so many challenges, so many men that were like, no, you can't do that. We don't even do that mm-hmm. as our men's team. Why right. are you doing that? Uh, no, you can't take them. They had to stay with the kids. And it was a lot of back and forth. A lot of women bowed out hmm. because they were afraid. Yep. Um, and we, we had to find our way, pay our way, fundraise. So we ended up going, uh-huh. which is phenomenal. And played in volcanic ash <laughs> field. Oh um, the bottom of my cleats burned off by the end of it because it was so hot. Oh and gosh. it was just uh, incredible. 
we all lost about 10 pounds and uh, uh, we won. We yeah. won first place and won um, 200 US dollars, which is a lot. That's yeah. like 200,000 Vatu there. Wow. So we won 200 US dollars, a huge Wimbledon sized trophy. And we were stoked. Yeah. It's so like we, winning the World Cup. It's like winning the World Cup. Yeah. For, the, for them, they're just like, wow, you know, like we're not working in the garden today. We're just playing soccer at a yeah. tournament. And we come back and, you know, even before we left, the men are like, are you going to find husbands? Uh-huh. Are you going there to look at And it's like, no, we're just going to play soccer. Oh, my gosh. I promise. Yeah. And so we come back and um, there were people on the sand of the beach when we, we approached on the boat uh-huh. with uh, Lay's to greet us. Oh, wow. So they, like, were super happy. We were in the newspaper. We put their <laughs> their little island on the map uh-huh. uh, for, the, you know, for the nation. And, yep. and they just came and greeted us. And the girls wanted to run around the field with the trophy chanting. So we did <laughs> that. Um, and as soon as it was done, immediately the girls were like, when are we practicing? When's yeah. the next game? When's the next tournament? And... You know, eventually the men came around because they saw how good they were and yeah. they saw, uh, oh, you could win some money from this yeah. and uh, nothing bad happened. Yep. Nobody had no any. No one got married No off. one got married. No one came back pregnant. So <laughs> they uh, they were more supportive. And, and from there, it sort of built mm-hmm. for the rest of the time I was, I was in the Peace Corps. And for me, that was when I realized soccer follows me everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and so I need to stop, stop fighting that yeah. and just do that. Like, yeah. that's my purpose. Yeah. This is my purpose. Yeah. And so, so that led you into coming back to San Francisco uh, and then starting Girls Leading Girls. Yeah. So I came back to San Francisco, um, was doing my master's at USF in International Studies, mm-hmm. and was coaching on the side here yeah. in San Francisco. I'm originally from the East Bay, so I always knew I'd end up back in the Bay Area to be close to my family. Yeah. Um, and so while I was coaching and going to school, once I graduated, I realized there's this huge need for one, women coaches, because yeah. I was one of few out there on the field yeah. every Saturday coaching. And um, two, a lot of girls would quit playing mm-hmm. because they were being humiliated yeah. and just like berated by some of their, their coaches. And they just didn't want to play anymore. They lost the love for it. Yeah. Which is interesting, actually, to hear an example of that in the U.S. Because I've seen that um, when I've been abroad playing in like South Africa or Honduras. Like, it's very much a cultural thing where girls start out, they play a little bit when they're really young. And then you kind of watch as those numbers start to dwindle as they yeah. get older, just yeah. for very similar reasons. So it's interesting that that's even happening in a, in a part of the U.S. that's like so wealthy, too, um, in yeah. the area. Oh, totally. And it's, uh, I mean, that happened to my sisters. Mm-hmm. That's why they stopped playing. It didn't really affect me because, uh, you know, I was like, kind of <laughs> stubborn, didn't care. I just wanted to play, yeah. knock some people around. But um, <laughs> so that was a huge deterrent for them in middle school. You know, they're they're the statistic. Statistically, yeah. girls stop playing sports in middle school because yeah. they're not very confident. They lose their confidence. Their body's changing. And that's when they need someone the most. They yeah. need a mentor who's like, stick with this. You're going to get through this part of it. And you could be really good. Yeah. Maybe you're not good right now or Maybe you feel like your skills have dropped, but that's normal. Yeah. We go through those spurts as athletes and in the ups and downs. So seeing that yeah. sort of blossomed uh, very serendipitously into Girls Leading Girls, which yeah. is uh, a, a nonprofit yep. that trains young women in leadership and life skills using soccer as the vehicle. Mm-hmm. So the Girls Leading Girls is an umbrella nonprofit, and then SF Soul is our soccer club. Yeah. And the club is basically our earned revenue side where – we have all women coaches, mm-hmm. all women teams from recreational to competitive, uh, working on going to travel, yep. and all ages, you know, seven to 15 is what we currently serve right now. 
Uh, we have junior coaches that are high school students that volunteer. Yep. So they're learning from the head coaches who yep. are like me or who are um, collegiate coaches or college players. Mm-hmm. And then they're learning to become a leader and a coach as well so yep. that we can continue to build more women coaches yep. and also give the girls some leadership training and yep. really focus that soccer is not just about winning and it doesn't have to be so competitive it's also about growing in character and learning teamwork and being a leader and giving back to your communities and so we um you know that was basically the heart of soul and why that sort of came to be yeah definitely so talk a little bit about how you and shannon got connected originally uh through america scores uh and kind of what you guys are doing together yeah, Shannon is awesome. Um, she, I had reached out to a bunch of people in San Francisco looking for coaches mm-hmm. our first season, um, beginning of 2014. Yeah. yeah, and uh, so we're going in our third year now. And Shannon was one of the first people to come back and say, I want to coach a team. Mm-hmm. I work for America Score. She can talk about that. And then instantly there was a connection between us, and we started building a relationship and collaborating. And with her organization, America Scores, we um, partnered to do free clinics, free yep. soccer clinics for girls in neighborhoods in San Francisco at public schools that don't have access, yep. who don't get to play soccer. Whenever it's recess or after school, the field is filled, like filled. max capacity with boys, so they don't even get a chance to touch the ball, and they're intimidated. Yep. So we created a, a clinic program where we would come out once or twice a week with our women coaches, have prizes, talk to them about character skills, and then just give them the field for an hour. Yeah. And, and they loved it. And so we've been building that program and worked with another school this year. So we're just continuously building on that and bringing some of those players into um, SF Soul. Yeah. We actually have one player. I'll just tell a brief story. <laughs> um, one player, Daniela, who is amazing, um, she came from the first winter clinics we did at ER Taylor Elementary with America Scores and Shannon. And um, she's 11, she was 11 at the time, and she's a phenomenal player. Yeah. And, and just has no outlet to play because the school didn't have a team. Mm-hmm. Um, she had outgrown some of the America Scores programs and was looking for, for somewhere to play. And so naturally, I'm like, you're a great player, come play for our competitive team in yep. SF Soul. And she's like, okay. And, um, and I go to talk to her parents on the phone, and her parents don't speak English. <laughs> so here's where my Spanish skills are coming in, and yep. I'm really doing my best to talk to her mom in Spanish. Yep. And then I go and meet with her mom and yep. build sort of that trust with her mom. Her mom's like, okay, she can go with you. Yep. So then I had to pick her up yep. from school and take her to practice huh. and take her home in Bayview-Hunters Point, yep. which is not the nicest neighborhood in San Francisco to be driving around at night. Yep. And so... That was a struggle. Yep. How do we get these players transportation? Yep. And I'm still trying to figure that out. Yep. Right now we're looking for just volunteer drivers. Yep. People who want to help out and volunteer and just pick these girls up, take them to practices or games. And, yep. and that's an area where we're looking to, to build. But they, there's so many. Like, how do you help these players that their parents don't speak English? Yeah. How do you get them into a league that's so complicated yep. and convoluted that you can't just join? Right. You can't just drop in. That's yep. not how it works here. Yeah. So um, we're really working through those barriers and, of course, financial barriers to get them yep. and those players more involved and, and, and integrated into yep. SF Soul and what Girls and Girls is doing. So Shannon has been awesome in leading that front. Yep. And so yeah. I'll let her talk. Yeah, so <laughs> talk, talk a little bit, Shannon, just about your work with America Scores to begin with. 
Um, and what, what is it for people who don't necessarily aren't familiar with that organization? Yeah, so I think Daniela's story starts to get at where and why I started uh, coaching. Um, America Scores is provides a place for both girls and boys in low-income schools to mm-hmm. have a place to play. Uh, so they, if they're part of the after-school program, they can sign up for a team mm-hmm. and they get to practice a couple days a week as well as do creative writing classes. Yeah, poetry, uh, right? Yeah, soccer and poetry is the model and that was initially very intriguing for me as a student at Cal. I was, um, I was in the English and education yep. programs there and was looking for ways to get involved in the community. Yeah. I ended up um, signing up to be more of a writing coach actually uh-huh. at uh, TCN, Think College Now in Fruitvale in East <laughs> Oakland uh-huh. and still am in contact with the first group of girls I coached there. Mm, that was awesome. in 2007. Oh, wow. Nice. So it's been a while. Yeah. Um, but they, the, the, they had a girls team there and they mm-hmm. didn't have a coach. So I soon became the girls soccer coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and one thing, I mean, I, I clearly loved it and saw that there was a need for that. There's yeah. a need for that space to be learning outside of the classroom and yeah. on a field and all the life skills that come from that beyond yeah. what you're learning in front of um, a teacher at a, at a desk was... Um, yeah, definitely. Where I found education moving for me. Yeah. Nice. What are some, what's one of uh, your space. favorite uh, players that you've worked with through America Scores or some of the biggest success stories? Oh, Karina still comes to mind. She was one of the first girls that I coached and it, it used to be Gchat, I think, if they're now Hangouts, <laughs> but she'll still uh, find my email and, uh-huh. and connect with me every once in a while. Um, I think one of the biggest moments in that first year was one of the girls got her period for the first time uh-huh. and being able to come to a coach yep. and someone who had been through that yep. um, and get advice and figure out how to work through yep. that moment <laughs> yeah. of time um, made me realize that I, being a female in yep. that space is important. Yep. Uh, and I didn't have any female soccer coaches myself, yep. so I never saw myself getting into right. this right. line of work. Yeah, but um, when I saw girls leading girls was looking for coaches or SF Soul at that point, this was further down my career with America Scores, so I was in the community partnership space yeah. and doing more development, less coaching myself, and was ready for a team of my own. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and Bree was offering that and this vision to continue to build more female role models yeah. in that space, and that's been. Uh, a wonderful <laughs> journey the last couple of years and it's brought me to to actually join girls leading girls in the more concerted effort yeah, to definitely. keep that stream of female leaders going yeah definitely and i mean i think it, that's so important is having those examples uh i i had my first uh female coach was in college actually yeah so, same here yeah all growing up like mm-hmm. always played for male coaches um and no complaints from that necessarily Right. Um, you don't really necessarily know what you're missing until you have that experience. So sure. for me, like once I got sure. into college and, and did have that example, um, it's just a totally different dynamic. Um, yeah. And part of it too is like you want a good coach no matter what. Right. So I've had some really 
terrible coaches, regardless of what gender they were. Yep. That's not that's not really the point. Yeah. The point is there's less women coaches, and also they need training. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of coaches training with with our uh, team, and I think that's the part where it's like, oh, now you can start to build that confidence as a coach and see yourself as a coach down the line. But I think that yeah, I mean, in my experience, first female coach was the our college coach, yeah. but I had some wonderful male coaches, yeah. but also some terrible ones. So it's really <laughs> Like yep. in the end, you just want a good coach. Right. But let's get more women out there coaching and trained so they can be good coaches and yep. have that opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think like both of you are just such good examples of one being that example of a female coach, but then two also being a woman who is really passionate about soccer and has like kind of spent their their career still engaging in the game through different different avenues. So like in addition to being coaches, you guys are leading organizations. Um, that are creating more jobs uh, for people and learning a lot about marketing and branding and how businesses run. Um, and I think that's why you guys are just such powerful examples of women in soccer because you are coaching and directly interacting with kids, but you're also showing them that if they aren't going down that track of just being a coach or thinking like, okay, at the end of college or at the end of high school, my options are either become a professional soccer player, which very few people do, yeah. uh, or go on and be a coach. Like those are the only two options of staying right. in the game. You guys are just great examples of, no, you can do more than that. You can use your education. You can use the talents um, that you have, those life skills that you've built being an athlete to then still contribute back to the game. Um, Yeah, totally. Yeah, Yeah, I think in the end, I mean, our mission, Girls Leading Girls, is we want girls to see themselves as leaders. And, um, you know, being a coach is being a leader, but there are other ways to become a leader, like you just explained, and, uh, and that's huge. That's really at the mission of what we're trying to do, focusing yep. on that leadership component because we want them to be more confident going out in the world after they play up to however long. If they want yep. to play up to high school or college or professional, it doesn't yep. matter. We want them to be leading their own lives in the direction that they want to go yep. after yeah, they definitely. do that. So where do you see Girls Leading Girls and SF Soul uh, going in the next couple of years? What's your vision? further <laughs> that's a great question uh well we we want to see it grow yeah and to become a national organization yep. we want to have branches mm-hmm. um all over the world mm-hmm. uh we another program we do is we work in nicaragua yep. and we're i'm taking um, my u12 soul team mm-hmm. with me to nicaragua in june and shannon <laughs> is coming we looked at no <laughs> um and we're going to go and run a free camp for a week for the girls in rural Nicaragua. And, yeah. um, I mean, they are getting it even less than the girls here yeah. in terms of access and resources yeah. and support. And so w- when we go out there, I've been doing this for the last three years now in Nicaragua, and we go out there and um, just to see how much they love it and how what the turnout is. We get 100 girls out there yeah. for a week, and, um, and the community watches, and, you know, it's – it's making the, those strides locally, but internationally, and yep. bridging the two. Yeah, we want to create branches that are connected by something. That yep. something is is girls leading girls. Yeah, and now we're connecting women's soccer around the world to yep. make it better from the start, which yep. is the youth level, so that internationally at the World Cup level, yep. we're going to see more players coming out of Brazil, coming out of Latin America that are at the U.S. 
sort of rate right now, level right now. Developing those players from a young age. Exactly. And being a part of that. Having um, our American athletes be a part of that. And I know a lot of the U.S. women national players are involved in other countries and helping them build up the sport. And I think that's huge. And that's what we should be doing on every level in society. Women building each other up and supporting each other. That's what we need to be doing as a collective. Yeah, and that vision and mission just ties so well back into like your background of coming out of the Peace Corps um, and bridging the gap which is awesome. Yeah, totally. Well, thanks so much, guys. It was awesome uh, to talk to you guys and share your stories. Uh, And thanks for coming on. We'll have to do a follow-up sometime. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Sam. Mm